Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all our listeners. This is Fix Your Eyes on Jesus, and my name is Annie. I'm your host. And now, today, we are so privileged to have our special guests here with us, and her name is Leslie Davis. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> You're welcome, Leslie. <laughs> so, we are privileged to have you here today, and Leslie is a biblical counselor and certified biblical mental health coach. Wow. So we are privileged to welcome her today as we continue to fix our eyes on Jesus. But before we begin, we are going to present ourselves to the Lord and welcome the Holy Spirit to guide us. So let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we honor you, we praise you, we worship you, we enthrone you above every situation and circumstance. Thank you, Lord, for this moment that you have given us. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you have brought Leslie Davis to us today. We pray that, Lord, as we open our hearts, that you may use her uh, to speak to us. And as she shares her life experience and her journey with you, that we are going to be transformed by your word through her in the mighty name of jesus we pray with thanksgiving amen amen so we are privileged to take on this journey today uh leslie we welcome you thank you thank you i'm very <laughs> pleased to be here um doug and i have we hail from central illinois in the u.s and um, we have been married for 34 years. Um, he's a pastor and I am a biblical uh, Christian mental health coach and a counselor, Christian counselor. And so together we have a marriage ministry. Um, we call it Heart Call Ministries. And um, we coach couples who are struggling and we try to encourage them and we try to um, just help them invite Jesus into their relationship knowing that um that's where the healing is at and that's where um the blessing is at and the lord can work in in their marriage if they just invite him in so that's what we try to do is to help couples um mm -hmm. just center their marriage in christ mm -hmm. wow well that's a very good thing because um it is well needed in the recent times and days when there's so much pressure yes. <laughs> out there and much of it gets to couples and families and now it gets to the other edge of divorce, separation, and then the children end up suffering. Everybody so... suffers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, how did it begin? How did you get to that? Well, I don't know, probably about I want to say eight years ago or so, um, we had several couples that came and uh, was asking for leadership, for mentorship. And um, we sat down, Doug and I sat down and we talked about all of the ways that the Lord has blessed us. Mm -hmm. And um, we've gone through some things that seem like seeing them, seeing other couples go through the things that we've gone through and it was a lot harder for them. So we started asking why were some of these things easier for us? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the death of my parents, um, the death of his grandparents, you know, we've experienced some, some loss in our family. Mm -hmm. And we decided that 
because of the way that we follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. that the Lord has blessed us. Mm -hmm. And we like to help and teach people how to follow Jesus in their relationship, knowing that it just makes things so much easier. You know, a lot of the hard stuff, it just makes it easier. Mm -hmm. And um, I have... um, a master's degree in clinical psychology. So that's where the counseling comes in. Mm -hmm. And I have continuing education credits through the American Association of Christian Counselors, which I'm a member of. And that's where the certification is for the mental health coach Mm -hmm. um, is through the American Association of Christian Counselors. And so um, I, 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 sat for the certification for the mental health coach certification mm-hmm. because I thought it, and it did, it, it rounded out the clinical uh, mental health, that ministry that I have within my church. Yeah. Um, and you know, a, well, it was just, um, the right direction to go. And I really enjoyed the things that I do with that. And, you know, when you work with couples, And they're bringing in all sorts of mental health baggage. Mm -hmm. Um, So we work with, because Doug and I work together in that, and he's a Mm -hmm. pastor. So he's bringing in a lot of the biblical knowledge Mm -hmm. and I'm bringing in a lot of the psychological um, side of it, the clinical side of it. And Mm -hmm. so if there's any clinical, any presenting clinical issues, you know, Mm -hmm. we just work really well as a good team, kind of a rounded out, you know, a rounded out thing. Mm -hmm. I have a question about the biblical view of marriage, how <laughs> how the Lord looks at marriage or how marriage should be according to the Bible. That is a very good topic and it's so needed these days, yeah. isn't it? That topic is just so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about entering into a marriage, Mm -hmm. a lot of times you'll hear it said that it's the marriage covenant. And then people are like, what is a covenant? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What? You know? Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing that you Mm -hmm. have to understand Mm -hmm. about a biblical view of marriage Mm -hmm. is to understand what a covenant is. Mm -hmm. And so in today's terms, To describe a covenant would be to compare it to a contract because a covenant is not a contract. When we enter into a contract with somebody, Mm -hmm. um, for instance, when I buy an appliance, Mm -hmm. right? I've entered into a financial contract. I provide them way too much money and they provide me a refrigerator, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a fair exchange, right? In a covenant relationship, Mm-hmm. You do what is the right thing to do mm-hmm. because it's the right thing to do it, mm-hmm. not because the other person is going to give you anything in return. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between a covenant relationship yeah. and a contractual relationship is that you in a covenant relationship, mm-hmm. we seek to do what is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. regardless of what the other person has done. Yeah. whether they deserve it, whether yeah. they are, are willing to accept it or to move forward with it or whatever. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Mm-hmm. You have positioned your heart before the Lord to do what's right. Yeah. And the only way to know what is to do that is right is by mm-hmm. following the word of God and following the leading of the Holy Spirit in your relationship. Yeah, yeah that is very true. 
because um, I'm imagining probably why in the world there would be many issues, many challenging issues in marriages would be if we don't give God the priority that he deserves in our lives. Mm-hmm. And definitely even as individuals, we are not able to handle everything without his help. Mm-hmm. So it is true that <laughs> without Jesus in this boat, we can't manage Right. Oh, that's absolutely true. And not even just not managing. I mean, sometimes we just don't even know what to do. You know, we don't know what the right thing to do is. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, if we're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. our self operates in the flesh Mm -hmm. and will operate in pride, will operate in selfishness. We will operate in uh, self-seeking and you know, all the things that don't work well in a relationship. <laughs> That's very true. I think before we move on, uh, I'm just ha- going to have to take you back a little bit. <laughs> because I'm thinking for you to have come to um, this understanding and to be able to help other people, I believe you have had a journey, a relationship with the Lord. Yes, yes. So I'm just asking myself, and I'm going to ask you now, so where did your journey begin? Did it begin when you were married? Did it begin before you got married? What really happened? You know, like probably it would be nice to hear this, then we can pick it up (laughs) from there. Well, you know, I think that the Lord works in our marriages in order to give us, uh, assuming that both the husband and the wife are submitted to the the leading of the Lord, mm-hmm. he gives us our spouse to create a place to heal all of the places in our hearts that are unhealed, mm-hmm. you know? So, because the, the marriage is to be a reflection of Christ's mm-hmm. relationship with the church. Yeah. And there... It's just a beautiful thing. So when a husband and wife are submitted to Christ, Mm -hmm. that gives a safe place Mm -hmm. for a lot of the healing to to go on. You know, your spouse then becomes the place where you can heal. And that's what happened in my marriage Mm -hmm. is that because Doug was submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. I was able to heal from a lot of the childhood baggage that I had brought into the relationship. Um, I accepted Christ as my savior at 16. And so, you know, I had a lot of childhood, I had a lot of childhood hurts coming in and a lot of misunderstanding about religion coming in. And um, so I accepted Jesus as my savior at 16. Doug and I met when we, when I was 17 almost 18 and we got married when I was 20 so we got married when we were really young Mm -hmm. but we knew that the Lord was blessing it never once we never once doubted if it was the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and yeah we went we went through some struggles Mm -hmm. um you know we were really um we were not financially blessed when we were first married we were struggling Mm -hmm. college students you know um (laughs) But it was okay because we had each other, you know, and that's when we really started um, seeking the Lord together, but we didn't do that well, you know, so it wasn't until I want to say until our first daughter was born that we really, you know, really started seeking the Lord as a couple. 
you know, and then the Lord just had to, had to kind of hone all those rough edges. You know, we had to learn how to pray together and we had to learn how to, um, I, I had to learn how to submit to him and he had to learn how to lead, yeah. you know, and I say those things hand in hand because I, it concerns me when people talk about biblical leadership without talking about biblical submission when they're talking about marriage mm -hmm. or when they talk about submission mm -hmm. without talking about biblical leadership. Mm -hmm. And so, so we had to learn how, how that dance worked for us. You know, mm -hmm. we had to learn about what was, um, what was acceptable in our relationship and what wasn't acceptable in our relationship. And, um, but the thing was, is that we never doubted. We never doubted God's goodness about our relationship. We never um, doubted God's moving in our relationship. You know, he was always welcome to move mm -hmm. and uh, we welcomed him in. Not Sometimes it was a little harder to submit than others. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes. Mm -hmm. But the Lord has certainly blessed us over the years. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been a journey, isn't it? Yes, it has been a journey. But uh, you left me with a few um <laughs> major major areas i don't know which way to go about childhood i guess that's baggage. a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you talked about childhood baggage mm -hmm. uh, you talked about seeking god together as a couple mm -hmm. and now you just finished with um biblical submission and what's the other one biblical leadership <laughs> Yeah, those are major, major areas, aren't they? Yes, yes. So probably we can start with the childhood baggage, how it affects our marriage. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can just go over them to just get our listeners to understand. I think, I don't think any of us get into our adult relationships without some childhood baggage, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that in the best sense, the Lord can use our childhood baggage in a way to, um, after, of course, the healing is complete, you know, after we've healed from those places, the Lord uses those places to equip us for ministry in certain places. You know, yeah. that's how he redeems those childhood hurts. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily, I mean, my childhood hurts weren't severe, severe. Mm -hmm. um, but I grew up in, in a sense, believing that I was not a smart person, um, that I was in fact stupid. Mm -hmm. And so that affected, you know, how I approached studying in school. And that's how I approached, you know, it, it just affected a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord brought healing in that when I, um, I had told Doug, I was probably 28. So we'd been married for several years that I wanted to go back to school to get a master's degree. Yeah. And he was so supportive and he was so loving about it. And he's like, you won't have any problem doing that. You are going to be great, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it caught me off guard. It's not what I expected because I really expected him to say, mm, are you sure you're smart enough to do that? Like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, but of course he wouldn't have said that, but, yeah. you know, but it was just a, it was just the, the security that I needed because somebody believed in me other than myself because I doubt myself all the time you know that that's inner critic right mm -hmm. and um so God used Doug to kind of support and push me into 
you know, going back to college to get a clinical counseling degree, Mm -hmm. um, which I knew the Lord was calling me to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, in the state of Illinois to counsel without a degree, it's, it's, you just need that knowledge base and it's, it's kind of illegal anyway. So (laughs) you don't want to not do that. And so, but he supported that in so many ways, just Mm -hmm. the whole time was just very, very supportive of that, Mm -hmm. you know, so he, it kind of healed that place, you know? And so, so, and we all have childhood baggage. I think, I don't think anybody gets out of childhood unscathed. No, I think everybody, um, I think the challenge is to know what baggage, what, what that thing is, because I'm just thinking um, of a situation where if we are not aware of the baggage that we are carrying, then we are bound to continue with the challenges, you know, in adult life and marriage life. And probably the same things will create a pattern and affect us in a way that we don't understand. But when we start uh, probably um, becoming aware and we want to have a change in our lives, then we identify all these key things in our lives that we don't like, then we can easily identify them. Yeah. I tell a lot of my, I tell a lot of my clients how to, how to, how to identify that, how to get a handle on what those things might be. Mm. If they're feeling negative emotion in Mm. a situation, it might be triggered by something, you know, coming out of their childhood or, or that they're believing a lie, you know, mm-hmm. if there's a, you know, if it, there's a fear or a frustration mm-hmm. or, um, a, a, um, a, um, a jealousy or, you know, whatever negative emotion that comes mm-hmm. up. But if you're feeling a negative emotion, that's like a, a check to stop and say, okay, what's causing that, you know, mm-hmm. where's that coming from and yeah. take that to the Lord and allow the Lord to begin to fix that place. Mm-hmm. No, it's very true because I was just thinking like um, what you shared about um, how you how you felt when you got a positive affirmation from Doug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking of probably a couple where the other partner will not affirm <laughs> somebody mm-hmm. who would have needed it to be healed. So what happens now? Well, I think, you know, f- first of all, um understanding that 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 ultimately mm-hmm. our affirmation comes from Jesus yeah you know and mm-hmm. if there's two hurt people mm-hmm. in the relationship they're mm-hmm. going to hurt each other because hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. you know so understanding that our affirmation comes from Christ mm-hmm. that's where it needs to be sought at i i believe that um the lord worked through my husband mm-hmm. worked through doug mm-hmm. at a time that i probably wouldn't have actually sought the lord for that affirmation mm-hmm. you know it, it was very early on in our marriage we had four little children at the time very busy he was working two jobs we were busy mm-hmm. and it you know it's looking back on it, it it to say that i i didn't take the time for solid spiritual growth mm-hmm. m- might ha- might not be an understatement you know mm-hmm. and so the lord used doug at that time mm-hmm. to kind of mitigate that 
yeah. um, because that's a dangerous place to be, right? To not be seeking the Lord at yeah. you know at those times. But you know, it was young and dumb, and that <laughs> you just make young and dumb decisions when you're young and dumb, you know. <laughs> Uh, I can say that now that I've got some gray hair going on, right? <laughs> I've earned the right to say that. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So the Lord just used Doug to kind of mitigate those some of those those you know not seeking the Lord at the time. But our affirmation has to come from Christ. Yeah. Definitely does. No, it's good that you said that because um, I believe uh, we if we are to get through this major you know i don't think they actually all challenges in our lives mm-hmm. whether in our personal lives or marriage i think we all have to have a very very um firm firm relationship with jesus yes. because if we are not working or putting our work into it then it is bound to be shaky and we mm-hmm. suffer the consequences yes what does Jesus do? He picks us up all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. Who abides in the secret place of the mm-hmm. Almighty and dwells in the shadow of the Most High mm-hmm. will call upon, will call of the Lord and say, my Lord, my fortress, my refuge, my God in whom I trust. Yeah. Yeah. I butchered that. That's Leslie Davis 101. But... <laughs> that's what that's the it's psalm 91 is where that came from the first and second verse but it is a treasure because ultimately when we're seeking the lord and we spend time in his word mm-hmm. we're going to know what to do in our relationships and not just in our marriage relationship but in all of our relationships mm-hmm. and we're going to understand that the lord is going to honor that mm-hmm. that attempt to dwell in that secret place with him he's going to honor that even if our attempts are meager you know even if our attempts are weak in in his standard he Mm. knows our heart he knows where our heart is Mm. and what it's toward and he will protect us in that and begin to begin to grow us you know begin to grow our hearts towards him yeah no, that is very true. And um, I'm just thinking, what if you get clients who are not believers? Are they like are your clients or? <laughs> not all of them are believers. Hmm. Um, it's easier when they're both not believers, you know, and yeah. when they both are believers, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but the hardest mm-hmm. is when you have an unequally yoked couple. Oh, is that so? That is the hardest. That's the Bible, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And that's why it's so wow. important to teach our children mm. that, you know, first of all, God despises divorce, mm-hmm. but it's not unbiblical to get mm-hmm. a divorce, but it's not God's will, you know? Yeah. And the thing about having two believers in a relationship mm-hmm. is that when we're equally yoked, mm-hmm. then the sum, how this, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We're better mm-hmm. with each other, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you get a po- the opposing forces mm-hmm. of an unbeliever and a believer, mm-hmm. there there isn't that um, that exponential power 
that we see in couples um, who are equally yoked. Wow. Wow. You know, it's true that. <laughs> so if we follow what the Bible says, then we'll be protected from every yes. other <laughs> problem that will come in life. Yes. And problems wow. that we don't even know are out there. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's interesting. The best book for direction. So, um, and what do you mean when you say seeking God together? So mm. when you are couples, does it mean you can't pray alone? Oh, what does it mean? Well, I think our individual relationships with the Lord mm. is also a priority. And we don't want to neglect that over our marriage. Mm -hmm. But we also want to seek the Lord as a as a couple because when when those roles are submitted to the lord the role of a husband and the role of a, of a wife mm -hmm. there's going to be a synergy in that relationship and when that when the relationship is submitted to the lord mm -hmm. then that that exponential um, power is there i don't even really know how to explain that it's like it's one of those mysteries of god mm -hmm. that you just have to experience for yourself you know you just have to <laughs> seek it until you know you found it and then you're like oh i found it yeah. <laughs> you know i know what this is and i know what this means mm -hmm. but doug and i started praying together and really i mean there were some things that came up when we started praying together that i would it uh, you know it kind of uh, surprised me. Like I didn't realize that we would have the, the opposition to praying together that we did, but we committed to praying together. We committed to praying together for our children, yeah. um, for his leadership, for my submission, for our, um, our work in our community and in our church. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it has just been a blessing. Um, so much so that I, I see his heart as a leader Mm -hmm. So that when he's working in our, like in our church mm -hmm. or he's working in the community mm -hmm. and he, you know, as a leader, mm -hmm. then when I see him make a decision because I have prayed with him, I know what his heart is and mm -hmm. I trust his heart. Mm -hmm. You know, even if I would look at that decision and go, I probably would have done something else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might've done it a little differently, <laughs> but I know his heart. And I know that the Lord is going to bless that and bless that effort because I know that he's seeking the Lord, you know, and I can trust that mm -hmm. he has become trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And the outcome of that has been, I can trust him. I know I can trust him. Wow. Wow. <sighs> that is very interesting because I'm just thinking of a situation where the opposite, how the opposite of what you just shared, how dangerous it has been probably in many marriages and they don't even understand what is happening. Mm -hmm. And how when we don't know, then we don't get to experience that beauty because that's the Lord uniting, uniting, um, uniting everything else. It's like, no, we are submitting to God. Mm -hmm. And then God does what only God can do. Yes. <laughs> the mystery. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's interesting. Even to get to experience it and to see it happening in your own life. Wow. Mm -hmm. No, it's an experience that um, when when you share, definitely I can actually <laughs> see it on your face. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, so the other one, uh, the other question I have is how to build an affair-proof marriage. Mm. Well, the first, the first thing that really should be considered when you're building an affair-proof marriage is the fact that every marriage mm-hmm. is at risk. Mm-hmm. And there's things that you can, maybe not at risk, but susceptible. You are not out of danger because mm-hmm. that danger is so real that anybody can be tempted into a um, into an affair, whether it's an emotional affair yeah. or a physical affair, mm-hmm. um, you know, or any type of an attachment to someone outside of, you know, outside of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that first step is just to be aware that it can happen to you, you know, mm-hmm. um, this, the second thing to do, mm-hmm. I think would be to consider how you connect with your spouse. Um, what are the things that you do to protect and make stronger the connection that you have as a couple? Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the third thing is to look at how you protect your relationship from outside forces. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. Doug is at the church, never in the office with the door shut with another woman. Mm-hmm. He's just not, it's just something that he just does not do. You know, mm-hmm. one of the other things is that if he's, if he's texting someone, mm-hmm. um, it, I'm included in that group. If it's another woman, another single woman, you know, or even a married woman, I guess, but I'm included in a lot of those groups. Yeah. And so it's, it's a transparency and yeah. a lot of couples, you know, that we've talked to are like, but I shouldn't have to be transparent. Yeah. Well, no, in a perfect world. You know, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world. And in order to create, in order to be trustworthy, Mm -hmm. you have to show that you're trustworthy, which means living with some transparency. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had several women say, oh, I just need to be more trusting. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, really? Do you really need to be more trusting or does your spouse need to be more trustworthy? You know, because trust isn't our responsibility our responsibility is to be trustworthy right and trust comes trust is an outcropping of an individual whether it be the husband or the wife mm-hmm. being trustworthy okay you know, and then trust is given mm-hmm. and so um i hear that talked about wrong so many times mm-hmm. um because we you know we're only responsible for what we can do we can't control our spouse's behavior or we shouldn't try to control our spouse's behavior Mm -hmm. Um, but being trustworthy is very important in you know solidifying a marriage in in a marriage becoming affair proof Um, one of the other things to consider when you're considering affair proofing your marriage Mm -hmm. is how do you keep that spark alive you know how how is it that um there's that physical intimacy, um, the sexual intimacy, you know, how, how are you keeping that, that spark? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's like, there's a, there's an important, um, aspect to yeah. be being physically intimate with each other. And that's not just the act of sex. It's just not like sexual, you know, intercourse, but there's a physical intimacy a, a romantic you know one of my love languages is touch yeah. and that's a physical intimacy mm-hmm. you know 
So yeah. So how, how do you keep that spark hot? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think being honest with, um, with yourself, Mm -hmm. not so much like, of course it, like I said, you can't control your spouse, but you know, when you're in the danger zone, like, you know, when somebody else is getting too close or you're feeling attracted to somebody else beside your spouse. It may be somebody at work um, who has said kind words to you. And let's say your love language is words of affirmation. Well, somebody at work has given words of affirmation and your husband is not giving words of affirmation. You know, do you then encourage those words of affirmation from a coworker, you know, or do you realize and say, hmm, I'm not gonna walk down that slippery slope because it's a slippery slope. You know, so you have to be aware of your own heart and your own language and how you're connecting with people outside Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, outside of your relationship. We did a really awesome, we had a really awesome interview on the Vision Driven Marriage podcast, which is Doug and I's podcast Mm -hmm. um, with Brenna and Garrett Newfall. Mm -hmm. And um, she, they were, they were literally talking about this. very same topic about how they overcame both of them having an affair and they it came out both at the uh, close to the same time and how they dealt with that and how the Lord moved in their relationship um, in order to correct that Um, so that was a good episode I would encourage your listeners to to catch that episode with Brenna and Garrett Newfall wow wow yeah that would be interesting because, um, but I think this this topic of marriage is well needed in the world yes. today. Yes. And you spoke about love languages. <laughs> so it is true that everyone has their own love language. So it is good to familiarize yourself or to know about you, to know yes. exactly um, how we are. It's like to self-awareness is important. Yes. Because if we, we, we are not aware of all this, then you're bound to fall in the wrong hands, probably. Yes. And I think I think the, the, the thing to know about the love languages is that a, a lot of times, if we don't have that self-awareness <laughs> or that um, understanding of how love languages work, then we fail to connect with our spouse in their love language. It's like... Um, you know, the, the, the language that we speak, Mm -hmm. we expect other people to understand that language, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my, my main love languages, Mm -hmm. that's what I would speak to Doug, but that's Mm -hmm. not his love language, you know? So like if I gave him a gift, which gift giving is one of my love languages, Mm -hmm. if I were to give him a gift. He's like, oh, thanks. And he puts it on a shelf. And I feel very unconnected because he didn't appreciate that gift. And this has happened mm-hmm. to us because we, you know, he doesn't have the the love language of gift giving. Yeah. You know, his love language is, is active service, right? Mm-hmm. So when he would do the dishes after, mm-hmm. you know, coming home from a, a you know, a day at work, and he would do the dishes as an act of love, an act mm-hmm. of service for me. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, well, he's just doing what he's supposed to be doing because he needs to be helping around the house. <laughs> okay, so he would be like, hey, I just did this wonderful thing for you. <laughs> you know? And so we would literally miss each other 
on our love languages until I realized that his love language is acts of service. And so there are some acts of service that I can do for him mm-hmm. that make him feel loved, you know, make him feel connected, even if I don't feel that, you know, kind of gushy emotion when I'm doing this act of service or whatever. And yeah. so it's just an, an act of service. But when he gives me a gift mm-hmm. that is well thought out and it's perfect for what I need and what I want and something that I would enjoy, yeah. you know, I feel really connected to him. And he's like, Oh, I just picked that up. But you know, I'm like, no, you thought about it. Like, don't tell me you didn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, so we had to work at getting our love languages together, mm-hmm. you know, and he is good at acts of service. Like the other morning we had an incredibly hard frost on, Mm-hmm. And he leaves for work pretty early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, he scraped my window. He scraped the frost off of my window um, mm-hmm. before he left for work, before he even scraped his frost off of his own window. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I do feel love. Like that does make me feel <laughs> love that he was taking, you know, taking care of me like that. Even mm-hmm. though my car has an auto start and I can mm-hmm. auto start it and <laughs> melt the frost <laughs> off of it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so sweet that he does that for me. <laughs> wow, wow. That's interesting. So what are the other love languages then? You've talked about act of service and acts of service, physical mm-hmm. touch, mm-hmm. um quality time, mm-hmm. affirmations. Affor- yes, thank you. Words of affirmation. Yes, ma'am. Words of affirmation. Mhm. Wow. And so and I think the the more I think the closer that you get to mm-hmm. Jesus and the closer that you get to each other, mm-hmm. the more all of those love languages can speak to you. Yeah. Does that make sense? We may have a mm-hmm. dominant one and we may have a dominant one and a, and a second one, mm-hmm. but I think the more mature we get in Christ, mm-hmm. the more we can see and feel all of the love languages. Yeah, because I don't I'm know just... that that's true. I haven't done a study on it, but... That's a theory. <laughs> so I think it's interesting. There are many things that we have to learn in this journey. Yes. My goodness, yes. Wow. And now I think uh, to summarize, you're going to talk about how uh, uh, intimacy with God also help us to grow intimate with one another. So yes. Do you... um, intimacy, like there's there's so many different types of intimacy we did a podcast episode on this in fact we did two it was a series Mm -hmm. um on growing in the in intimacy and then i think there's like 25 types that we talked about anyway Mm -hmm. there was a lot Mm -hmm. but as far as a couple and i think that it like the love languages Mm -hmm. the closer we get to jesus Mm -hmm. and and become more christ-like which is our our job that's our number one job here on this earth is to become more Mm christ-like that intimacy and the different types of intimacies grow um Mm -hmm. because we become a a whole person in christ Mm -hmm. does that make sense emotional intimacy physical intimacy and then spiritual intimacy Mm -hmm. and all three of those work together to create a whole relationship to create a whole person and in in Christ, you know, I look at it like there's a triangle and the husband is on one side and the wife is on the other. And the closer they get to Jesus, the closer they get to each other, you yeah. know, 
Yeah. And so, and all of those intimacies are there at the same time. And so you're just working in all of those, um, all of the intimacies, the physical intimacy and the emotional intimacy and the spiritual intimacy. And when one of them is lacking, mm-hmm. it feels off balance, yeah. you know? And so, but then that's just when you work on it, you just say, okay, well, I'm feeling a little emotionally disconnected. You know, I need to sit down and talk to you about how I feel. And I just need you to listen. I, I've told that, I've said that to Doug. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, you know, because he'll ask me, yeah. do you need me to fix it? Or do you just need me to listen? I'm like, oh, yeah. no, I just need you to listen. Yeah. I'm just feeling like this. And, you know, but if I need him to fix something, then I'll say, yeah. I need you to fix this. This is a yeah. problem. Mm. <laughs> No, I think it's true. That's how men are wired. They always uh, want to solve problems. Yes, yes. <laughs> My goodness. So sometimes it's a hindrance when the woman just wants to talk. It took us about 10 years to yeah. to learn that, where he just started asking me, do you need me to fix it or do you need me just to listen? Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, but I think it's, uh, it's beautiful how you get to know each other. And then you both decide to put a work into it. I think it's all about the attitude because when we love Jesus and when we have given our lives to Jesus, I think that is where the compass is really focused, you know? Yes. And Jesus didn't walk away from us. Yeah. You know, when the the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ Mm -hmm. died for us. I mean, Mm -hmm. he gave his life for us when we were on the outs with him. Mm-hmm. you know yeah and so that kind of commitment to a relationship mm-hmm. is what we strive for in our earthly relationships mm-hmm. you know and it's hard i mean i you know there are days when it's it's not an easy thing mm-hmm. um but when you've committed to a covenant and not a contract mm-hmm. you know then you seek to live covenantly mm-hmm. you know you seek to you know work out romans 10 12 10 sorry romans 12 10 in outdoing each other in honor mm-hmm. you know and you put into place a lot of the biblical concepts that the lord says are good in relationships like honoring each other like mm-hmm. being humble before each other mm-hmm. um leading and submitting in a way that honors the lord mm-hmm. and each time you seek to apply one of those biblical principles in your relationship the lord says oh my child you're doing it right you know mm-hmm. may not may not feel right it may feel hard mm-hmm. but you're doing it you're doing it and he's going to bless that yeah very very interesting topic to meditate on and um, it's a deep journey you've taken us <laughs> and we can't well, finish I think it's really wide we can we can't really exhaust everything here so I think you're gonna leave it at that for today and uh, unless maybe you want to share something else mm. we conclude other than don't give up just keep trying you know Mm. just keep trying because i'm thinking of maybe uh, someone who could be listening and they are feeling like no they've had everything they're looking for that you know when you're on the edge you know you don't know what exactly to do or somebody who at this point they have made up their mind that i've had enough of this 
I can I'm you know I can get a better person or life should be better than this mm-hmm. and that's a hard place to be in that's truly a hard place to be in mm-hmm. and so um you know there's times when just just understanding that we don't have control over our spouse the only thing we have control over is ourselves and our relationship with the lord mm-hmm. and you allow the lord to lead in that because sometimes mm-hmm. getting out is the right thing and that's hard for me to say because i know what christ can do in the relationship mm-hmm. but i also know mm-hmm. that some people are unequally yoked or some people are in an abusive relationship or some people are in danger yeah. you know and there is times when it's right mm-hmm. to separate mm-hmm. you know and you just have to follow the leading of the lord in those cases you know, it, it it's different for, you know, for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, levels are different, you know. Um, so uh, that's just one of those things. There again, we're back to submitting yourself to the leading of the Lord, yeah. you know. Yeah, very true. So we're going to say a prayer um, to somebody who might need it, who will be listening to this um, podcast and think they need to get their life together or just to be strengthened to walk on this journey and um, I'd like to invite you to say a prayer please sure I would be honored I would be honored oh Lord Jesus we just come to you now for our listeners Lord on their behalf I pray that you would um, just cover them with your protection, Lord, would that you would lead them by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would bring people in their paths that would speak life into them, that would speak safety into them, Lord, that would lead them in uh, toward you and in the way of everlasting. Lord, we know that you are the miracle worker and you can take the most sinful of people in their relationships and turn them around and bless them and that you want to do that for them, for us, for all of us, because we are all sinners before you, Lord. Lord, I pray that that would be the case, that husbands and wives together would seek you, would humble themselves before you, and that you would begin to heal their marriage that you would be honored and glorified in those marriages because they reflect your relationship with the church. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come. I pray, Lord God, that it would be known in relationships, that those that struggle would be comforted even if their circumstances doesn't change, that those that mourn would be comforted that you would be honored and that you would be the be the the peace that passes understanding lord even if the circumstances don't change lord i just pray these for those listeners that may be hurting that may be seeking lord that you would provide the answers that they need and that would not be um hesitated lord that you would move quickly on their behalf Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you're still at work, even in these hard times. 
And Lord, we pray these things for your honor and for your glory, for your kingdom come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you very much, Leslie. My pleasure. It has been a privilege (laughs) to listen to you. And I know this is a very, I think, sensitive topic because um, the marriage institution was instituted by the Lord and we know of uh, the wedding of Cana of Galilee and I'm just thinking many marriages like at Cana did not know that they had a situation that needed his intervention mm-hmm. but I like what the Bible says in John chapter 2 that Jesus and his disciples were invited so my prayer today is that every listener of this podcast and probably even a prayer for married couples or those who are seeking to get married may know this truth in the word of God and to invite Jesus on this journey you know Mm -hmm. and that is where now we are talking about covenant but it's because when there is a problem, he will have seen it and he will be on time to deal with that situation. So the shame of divorce and separation and whatever other challenges or situations that are beyond human redemption, um, he will cover it or intervene before time. Before that time. So this is our prayer and for those who are listening to us, we pray that um, if you're not connected to Jesus or invited him in your life, your marriage, or you are seeking to get married, then I think it's time to do it because Mm -hmm. nobody knows what tomorrow brings. That's right. But if we hold on to Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow and forever, then we have the whole package, you know. Yes, yes. A wonderful, precious gift to have. So it is a joy to have you at Fix Your Eyes on Jesus and to remind us to keep fixing our eyes on Jesus and to make room for him in our marriages. Yes, yes. Not just in our hearts as individuals, but as couples. And of course, the beauty of creation then is unveiled, you know, Mm -hmm. because it becomes like a holy family. (laughs) Wow, only in the presence of Jesus, it can be a covenant. So thank you. Yes, yes. Annie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) No, we are delighted. We are the ones who have been blessed. But um, (laughs) we hope to see you around. And just to let all our listeners know, that uh, we are going to share your links, your website, and uh, your podcasts uh, when we finally release this interview to our listeners and the public. Well, thank you. And uh, I was just getting to enjoy, and then I realized we can't finish this whole topic. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's definitely not a shortage of topics. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's deep and wide. Yes, it is. Okay, so to all our listeners, thank you for joining us. We pray that you will have a wonderful day and God bless you. So thank you, Leslie. <laughs> thank you, Annie. This was wonderful. It was have, wonderful. Have a wonderful journey back to Illinois. Thank you. Thank you. I will. And you have a good restful evening. 
Yeah, yeah, awesome.